Corporate social media. How can organizations control access and protect ownership? Hi, this is Tom Field, Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm discussing this topic today with Alan Brill. He's Senior Managing Director with Kroll. Alan, thank you so much for joining me today. Glad to be with you, Tom. Just to jump right in here, there's been a lot of recent litigation and discussion about protecting corporate social media assets and ownership. So my question for you is, protect them from what? That's a great question to start with because it's it's not understanding that that I think has led to so many of the problems and the litigation that we're seeing now. Essentially, the way that I think you can look at the problems involving the ownership of social media that corporations use is as a form of identity theft. Here's what I mean. A company, over time, as they come to use social media more and more, learn to use it more and more effectively. They build up hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands of people who like them on Facebook, thousands of followers on Twitter, uh, huge numbers of links on sites like LinkedIn. The number of, of social media sites, including those that are more specialized to an industry, has grown exponentially. We all know that. And the companies are are really enjoying the use of the social media. But the problem comes in when, for example, the employee who set up the site for you or has been running it for you or the contractor that's doing it decides to leave or is let go for whatever reason. And suddenly the company discovers that the password to that social media site has changed and they don't know it. And they check with the person and they say, well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I established the site and it's actually registered in my name and you don't have any ownership interest and I'll use it for whatever I want to. And suddenly they may have what is, in, in a very real sense, the equivalent of highly confidential information, like, uh, for example, your your customer list, uh, the people that, that you send this information to uh, and that, that interact with you. Uh, they have the ability to interact with people in a way that you won't even be able to see. So first you have to look at the ownership of the social media sites as an asset, as a piece of intellectual property. And then you realize that when somebody takes it over, that they can pretend to be you or they can appear to be you. So as the use of social media has grown, as we've started to see things like Twitter handles, even next to news people's uh, online signatures and on-the-air signatures so that they can be followed and contacted, this is a very real phenomenon. And if you lose control of it, then you may well have lost an asset that can be turned into a liability and used against you. Well, Alan, that's great context. I wonder if you might be able to offer some examples now of organizations, and don't need to name them, of course, that have been adversely impacted by social media ownership disputes. Make this real for us. Well, I think to 
to put it in the right context, you have to go back a few years. And think of the years when Internet suddenly became real and popular. And the concept of owning an address, whether it was, you know, myname.com or yourname.com or yourcompany.com, suddenly became something of value. And you can go back to a dispute that MTV had with one of its DJs about the ownership of addresses. And over time, people realized that controlling the ownership to an Internet location was important. I think the same thing is happening now. Uh, there have been a number of cases uh, where those who have developed and been paid to develop um, a social media site leaves the organization and takes it with them and say says that um, it's theirs and that uh, they're not giving it back and that they're the registered owner as far as that social media site knows. And if you really want it back, you'll have to negotiate a payment or obviously litigate. And and there have been a number of of cases involving exactly that where an employee says that they're in charge of the social media. There there was uh, uh, a major case in California recently. Um, there's a, a case in Pennsylvania where a company founder was essentially forced out and on leaving took her LinkedIn account with her. And the question was, could they gain control back on that account? So the litigation is, is I think, usually something you want to do as a last resort. Uh, but unfortunately, because organizations haven't really considered this issue, um, they're often backed into the corner of either paying somebody for something that may well be the company's or suffering uh, damages, for example, when an employee who runs one of these sites for you or, or a contractor who does so suddenly doesn't like you anymore. You've had a dispute. You've fired them. You've terminated the use of their company if they're a contractor, and now they're going to use that site for their purposes, which are probably not your purposes. And if you don't have uh, any contractual or or employee relations kinds of uh, deals in effect, uh, then litigation may be the only way that you have to go, even though it is going to be time-consuming, it is going to be expensive, and ultimately it's going to be draining you of, of resources um, in order to get back what you probably could have avoided losing in the first place. And when it seems like we've covered a lot here in just a short period of time, so if I could ask you just to sort of back up and summarize what do you see as some of the very specific risks to organizations if they fail to properly secure ownership and assets? Tom, I think you have to step back one more step from that. And that is, what are the risks if you fail to recognize that these are assets, that these have value, that the intellectual property that is tied up in them is important? And that's not always easy to do because social networks evolve. They change. They, they operate in different ways. And something that may have been fairly unimportant when it started could suddenly become very, very important. 
Uh, who could have guessed the effect that Twitter would have had uh, and the speed with which the Twitter messages uh, get out there and the the extent to which they are retweeted and and even move into the, the more mainstream media. So you have to start out by saying, do we as a company understand our position relative to social media and the value that that those accounts have for us. Once you recognize it, then there are specific risks you have to worry about. What if somebody takes it over? What if somebody changes uh, the password and won't give it back to you? What if somebody opens an account that you never authorized anybody opening? What if an employee in in good faith wants to help out and opens an account and suddenly using it to post valuable uh, non-public information. All of these things have happened in the past, and they'll probably continue to happen in the future, but every one of them is a risk. And if you don't take steps to mitigate that risk, it's going to be sitting there and waiting for you. So from your experience, Alan, how can organizations start to build in the right protection from the very start? You know, it's interesting. I see the scenario playing out very, very much the same as we saw some years ago with the the issue of who owns the Internet domain name. And ultimately, a company has to realize that even though they're dealing with a social networking phenomenon and what is a technological issue, how you access how you change passwords, how you secure, ultimately, it's a legal issue. And those organizations that have gotten counsel, either their in-house counsel or outside counsel involved up front to build a social media policy, to build in controls relating to the ownership of that social media building those into appropriate contracts and employee agreements and employee handbooks that employees have to agree to. Those who've done that and who keep it up to date and who are watching not just from a technical viewpoint but from a legal viewpoint, the risks and and how to manage them, they're doing better because they've taken it into account. They've made sure that employees understand what the rules are and that if an employee violates that agreement, that they have something that they can use both with the social media organization and ultimately with the courts to regain control. It's very, very difficult to go in uh, and fight these disputes if there is no agreement if there are no rules. So having the rules, setting them out, and making sure that counsel has vetted them, that they are appropriate, that they are in line with the changing uh, face of litigation and decisions uh, that are constantly coming out, is, I think, ultimately what you want to do. You may want to uh, have the same uh, corporate people who are handling uh, the ownership of your URLs for the Internet also 
be the owner of record on uh, your social media sites, for example. So I think the good news is there's no magic involved here. This is basic blocking and tackling and controlling an asset, controlling intellectual property. And most organizations do that all the time. It's just that recognition that this is worth doing. Well, that, you make great points there. And I'm thinking about organizations, many of us, we've been into social media for many years now. How do we go back and build in retroactive controls once we've had this recognition that you talked about? The thing that that I always tell companies is that there really are two sides to this, maybe three sides. The first is the technical side, understanding what systems you're up on, how they're currently being managed, who currently owns them, what the current rules are. And the second is the legal side, getting counsel involved to help set up the appropriate set of rules. And probably the third dimension of it is working with your HR people to build those rules, to build those contracts, to build those agreements into your overall HR platform in terms of employee awareness, employee recognition of the problem uh, that the appropriate agreements are signed, and then proactively for the future, making sure these things are built into initial employee agreements, annual security uh, updates uh, where uh, they acknowledge as employees or, or vendors or contractors the employee's ownership of, of certain intellectual property and resources. There's nothing, again, magic. It's a matter of doing it and keeping it up to date. And when we're going forward into what clearly is an uncertain legal landscape when it comes to social media, so how are you advising organizations now to mitigate their social media access and ownership issues? Anything you can add to what you've already talked about in terms of recognizing the issue and having some policies in place? Well, once you recognize the issue and you've put your policies in place, I think the real key word to, to think about as a manager is vigilance that you have to think about whether there are those in your organization who are looking at new media, new social media systems, and saying those could be really good for us to use. And perhaps having a process in place by which somebody who thinks that a given new media site would be useful can bring it to the attention of the company and perhaps be rewarded for that. But you want to have a system by which it is easier to do it the right way and to get permission than it is to do it the wrong way and have to have a dispute about it later. For organizations that are sort of waking up to this realization now, where is the best place to start? The best place to start is to inventory the social media relating to your company. What's out there? Who's controlling it? Who's using it? How are you running it internally today? Do you have the registered ownership of all of these locations? Who is making decisions as to what gets posted, what what gets tweeted, what's put on your uh, wall on Facebook? Um, Who makes a decision as to whether to friend people uh, on sites? Um, Are you following your own company's uh, sites so that 
you can see what's out there and, and you don't get surprised. It's really, I think, very much a matter of recognizing the need to understand the asset, understand the intellectual property, because until you do that, you're making decisions about risk mitigation without really understanding the risks, and that's always dangerous. Alan, that's excellent insight. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your thoughts. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Speak to you soon. The topic has been corporate social media, how to control access and protect ownership. I've been talking with Alan Brill. He's Senior Managing Director with Kroll. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.